Best Book Bits podcast brings you social media guru Brendan Kane, author of One Million Followers, a story on how he built a massive social media following in 30 days, and his latest book, Hook Point, How to Stand Out in a Three-Second World. Brandon, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to connect with you and everybody that's uh, listening to this today. Now, for my audience that don't know you, take us back to uh, the times before you become a social media guru and author. When and where did you go to school and what was your first job? So my fr- so to, to take a step back, um, I started off wanting to be a film producer uh, so I went to, to film school to hopefully learn about the business side of the entertainment industry. But as soon as I got there, I realized that they don't really teach you anything, uh, anything about what it takes to actually manage and run a business. So I figured, you know, really the the best way to learn about businesses starting your own and the most cost efficient way at the time was to start Internet companies because uh, you can get these things up in 24 to 48 hours. Uh, it still holds true today, but this was back in like 2004, 2005. So that's really where I kind of started my my um, my path in this space. And then when I moved to LA in 2005, it's when the entertainment industry started to reawaken to digital after the dot com bust. And you know, like anybody else working in any career, uh, especially the entertainment industry, I uh, started at the bottom making coffees. And, copies, deliveries, and, you know, you had to find a way to stand out. You know, it's a notoriously difficult industry to break into. And uh, when I would tell people that I wanted to be a film producer, when they asked, why did you move to LA? Why are you uh, working here? I could just see everybody's eyes glaze over, you know, because I was just one of a million people wanting to do that. So I had to kind of really, really reassess, well, what was my hook point? What was the way that I could stand out? to grab the attention of the heads of the studios, of directors and actors and producers. And I just noticed that every time that we finished a film, a piece of content that we invested tens of millions of dollars to produce, there would be a sense of uh, anxiety and stress that would come over the studio because now you've got to take a piece of content that you invested all this money in and you need to get hundreds of millions of people around the world to know about this piece of content uh, in months. You don't have years or decades uh, to do it. So seeing that anxiety and stress, I just basically started having conversations to say, listen, I started these internet companies in college. Uh, I have uh, the knowledge and ability to tap into traffic sources through websites, blogs, and social media was just coming on the the scene for a fraction of the cost that we were paying for television, radio, and print advertising. In some cases, no cost at all. And that afforded me the the ability to, to go from making um, copies and coffee to building a digital division for the first studio, uh, I worked for and, uh, just basically continued down on that path. So that was kind of really, I think the first, uh, quote unquote job, you know, in, in, in college, I had that experience in starting those, those, those startups. So they're very small startups just to really kind of learn and experiment. Was that Lakeshore Entertainment? Yes. Yes. You went on to working with uh, Fortune 500 companies and working with uh, superstar artists such as Rihanna and Taylor Swift. Tell us, how did this come about? Well, I, you know, working in the movie industry, I just realized it wasn't the the right fit for me because, uh, you know, most people look at the film industry as a, a really sexy and creative environment, but at the end of the day, it's another corporation. So I felt I was spending more time 
asking for permission to do things and actually doing things. Uh, Lakeshore was actually very supportive, but we had studio partners that we had to appease um, in terms of, you know, the strategies and things that we deploy. So I started building technology platforms and licensing them back to big media companies. And, you know, one of those media companies was MTV and they opened up the doors to work with people like Taylor Swift and, and Rihanna. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I really took Taylor Swift to the next level. Uh, we were supportive aspect of specific goals and challenges that she was facing uh, to to reach the next level. You know, when we started working with her, she wasn't the global superstar, but she was really on the uh, on the cusp of becoming that. You know, like for example, like the first meeting I had with her manager was meeting with him and briefly her backstage at the Grammy. So it wasn't that she was a nobody, um, but she wasn't the huge global superstar today. So there was just some challenges that they were facing in terms of uh, e-commerce, uh, in terms of you know her, her official website presence, engaging fans, retaining fans, uh, that we built some technology and partnered with some other technology partners that had a lot of success for her. But I'm not going to sit here and claim that I made her a superstar, or you know, if she hadn't met me, she wouldn't be where she's at. That that that's just not true, you know. And I don't think. It is. I think what I meant was how you helped her engage her fans. Uh, talk to me about how the book One Million Followers came out, which I've done a summary on my platform, bestbookbits.com. So tell us a little bit about uh, the inspiration of that particular book. Yeah. Uh, so so I had built these technology companies. Uh, and, and it was working with, you know, big media companies and celebrities and athletes and uh, really understanding how to uh, cultivate the audiences that they are building, foster more brand loyalty and lead that to commerce transactions and engagement. Uh, a little bit led to audience growth. Uh, but then I got heavily involved in the paid advertising space and, it, it, you know, was advising a company. Uh, when, when they started, there were three guys around a table managing about 300000 a year in paid spend. And over the course of three and a half years, you know, I helped work with them uh, and brought in some partners and, and some investors. And in three and a half years later, the company had 150 employees and we were managing about $100 million a year in paid spend. And uh, we were working with some of the biggest uh, brands in the world. And I just saw a lot of the inefficiencies when it came to to marketing at that level. Uh, we would have uh, the biggest brands in the world come to us with a piece of content that they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, creating. Uh, and then they wanted us to spend millions of dollars against that creative, against, you know, in targeting a specific audience. And I would constantly ask, well, how do we know that this piece of creative is going to resonate with this audience, the tune of investing millions of dollars? And most of the time they did not have the analytics or data to support that decision. It was nine times out of 10. They didn't. Uh, they were just making creative hunches, uh, you know, based upon their experience and, and basically gambling uh, on that investment. Now, when you're, you're, you're a Fortune 100 company, sure, you can do that and lose a bunch of times and then not put a, a big dent, but you're not growing. You're not playing to, to, to what the company needs to do to stay competitive. And it's not a long-term strategy. And on top of that, I would look at, you know, the people that weren't the Fortune 100 companies and was definitely not a feasible strategy because they don't have that, that money to invest. So I, I left working on that company and I started uh, building my own set of testing methodologies and in, in, um, 
primitive predictive uh, calculations on top of the Facebook and Instagram ad advertising platform to really test content at scale and use it not as a media buying tool, but a market research tool. Uh, to use it to be able to understand what content formats, themes, trends, uh, hook points uh, work before you invest too much in any direction. So really gleaming that those insights, uh, not through traditional market research, but actually pushing content out to people at scale in real time using this amazing tool that that Facebook has has provided to us uh, to really get an understanding of of which direction we should take, which direction we should invest further in. And you know, initially the application of that was working again with Fortune 100 and 500 companies to uh, better understand their KPIs, which is really awareness, uh, engagement, uh, shareability, in some cases, traffic acquisition, and was having success there. And then again, based upon where I started, I would have uh, professional athletes uh, some journalists, some celebrities ask, well, can I use these methodologies to help them grow their audience? Uh, so I started running these tests uh, specifically on Facebook and was having a lot of success of, of driving followers uh, through these these methodologies um, for these high-profile people. And then, you know, it seeded the idea in my head is, well, well why don't I run an experiment on somebody that has that isn't a celebrity? It isn't an athlete because there's this, you know, I would get it all the time and I still get it today is like, well, it's much easier for an athlete or celebrity or, you know, somebody well known to grow and cultivate an audience and, and monetize it. And I wouldn't say it's any easier. Uh, I think it poses different challenges, you know, is are certain aspects easier than the person starting from scratch? Sure. Um, but they pose other challenges and I can point to many different celebrities that haven't cultivated a huge audience. There is a there is an art and a science to it. So I, I really wanted to show that that what I was um, seeing success with the the methodologies the the scientific approach could be applied to somebody starting from scratch and starting from zero. And that's where uh, the idea was seeded for the book first book of uh, generating a million followers in 100 countries in 30 days first on Facebook, and then subsequently developing a, a completely separate system uh, for, for Instagram. Um, but as you know, as in reading the book, my methodologies and process is probably 25, 30% of the book. I really wanted to also get, um, some of the top influencers, social brands, uh, e-commerce experts to also share their methodologies and approaches for growth so that you can get a really well-rounded approach of what it takes to be successful in social media today. Yeah, fantastic book. I think that it was it was very well written. I got a lot out of it. Um, yeah, so thank you for writing that book. I think your next uh, follow-up book from that should be called Why You Don't Need a Million Followers to Succeed in a World. Uh, that would be a, a cool little follow-up book for that. But um, I do have a question. Is Facebook still a good value from a cost per acquisition um, for a customer or a follower? What are your thoughts on the environment of uh, Facebook for advertising? Well, there's multiple layers to the, to answering that question. Number one, it highly depends on the business. It highly depends on the, the target audience you're going after. But more importantly, why are you acquiring these followers? You know, because people will ask me, well, how much did you spend to acquire followers? And I always say it's the wrong question. You know, the, the, the question should be, what was my return on investment of gaining these followers? Because that's the only thing that matters. Like I can point to people that have 
millions of followers that make tens of millions of dollars. I can point to people that have millions of followers that are making no money. Then I can point to people that have 10 or 20,000 followers that are making millions of dollars. So really fundamentally understanding why you're doing what you're doing, how it plays into your overall business strategy is step one. Step two is how good is your content? Because generating followers is, is basically a fool's errand if you don't have content that's dialed in to play to the algorithms. And that's really one of the fundamental reasons for the follow-up with Hookpoint is algorithms control distribution and reach. We're no longer living in the world where you get a million followers and you reach a million people with each post. You know, that's 10 years ago. Uh, unfortunately, there's, there's 3.96 billion people on social media producing hundreds of billions of content sent out every day. And that means the algorithms have to prioritize which content is going to retain attention for as long as possible. So to me, it's, it's, it's how effective are you at creating content that is going to reach the followers that you generate, but more importantly, reach beyond the followers that you generate to continuously grow your brand. Let's jump into your new book uh, called Hookpoint. Tell me where did the inspiration of this book come from and, and when did it get released? Well, you know, I had to really think hard about where I could provide the most value in the world after 1 million followers because you know, with the success of the book, I was really just getting labeled as a social media person. And yes, social media is a part of what I do, uh, but looking at all the successes that I had all the way going back to you know starting at Lakeshore, going from making coffee and copies to building a di digital division, uh, going in and closing like an MTV, a Vice magazine, a Taylor Swift as a client, uh, helping that paid media optimization company scale uh, at that level. Uh, also, you know the the, the million followers um, experiment. It, it social media is a tool, but it's not really what we do. What we do is understand how to effectively communicate, um, both on a conscious and a subconscious level, to grab attention hold that attention and then monetize that attention. And that's where I think a lot of um, businesses need support. Uh, even if they want to grow on social media, you have to master these principles to really um, not just thrive, but survive in the new world that we find ourselves in. And, you know, most people, I would say upwards of 99% are failing with social media. And they're failing because they fundamentally don't understand how communication has shifted dramatically. So we think back to 20 years ago, pre-social media, 2001, maybe there's a million content creators on the planet uh, reaching the masses because content distribution is heavily regulated. You had to go through television uh, stations, uh, radio stations, magazines, newspapers uh, to reach the masses. Uh, and not everybody could do it. You fast forward to today, as I mentioned, there's 3.96 billion people on social media, pushing hundreds of billions of message into the world today. So that means fundamentally you're competing against all those people. You're not just competing against your direct um, competition. And uh, as I mentioned, because of that, that amount of noise, these algorithms and people demonize them. Um, but they have a very simple job is how do we keep people on the platform longer so we can serve more ads? That is what they're designed to do. So when we open up Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, there's probably a thousand, if not more pieces of content it could see to us 
based on all the people we follow, all the content we've engaged with. Now, obviously, when we open up these apps, they can't throw a thousand pieces of content at you, and nobody's sitting there for vast majority of us scrolling through a thousand pieces of content. So it has to sit there and prioritize, well, what are the top 15 pieces of content that I believe is going to uh, retain the attention of the individual that just opened up that app? So what that means is 985 of those posts are never going to see you. They're getting deprioritized. So that's where people um, either gain massive followings and don't have reach or engagement. It's not because they bought fake people. It's not because that audience is, is really engaged. It's because those audiences aren't seeing their content. And the same thing for the person, and I get these messages from people pretty often, is I'm not growing. What do I do? You know, I, I'm not generating new followers. I'm not getting reach or engagement. It's because, again, you're A, not stopping the scroll in that first three seconds. And even if you're stopping the scroll, which most people aren't, their retention graph, meaning how long people are spending with their, their content, is completely tanking. So that's really the core premise of the book is, is how do you grab attention and hold that attention long enough that you can monetize it? And in Hook Point, yes, we focus on social media, but we also talk about offline conversations as well and how to go about and master it. I mean, I break down how I acquired a Taylor Swift as a client or an MTV through offline mechanisms. So that's that's really the the inspiration and the purpose of it. It's an amazing book. You talk a lot about micro-attention. You know, going back 100 years, people's attention span was hours. Going back decades, it would have been minutes. And now we're, we're not even at three seconds anymore. Uh, we're at microseconds. Talk to me about how Hollywood uses micro-attention uh, to grab us. Yeah, so I, I first want to tackle the micro-attention. The micro-attention exists to grab attention. So you have less than three seconds to grab the attention to bring people into your story, your message. But that's not to say that once you have their attention, you can't hold it for long periods of time because you'll see prime examples. Movies, people will sit down for 90 minutes to watch a piece of content. Netflix, people will spend an entire weekend and, and binge Stranger Things. So, um, or Joe Rogan's podcast, people will listen to a full two and a half hours. So it's it's it, we're not at a point where you can't hold attention. You can hold attention. The tough part is grabbing it in those first few seconds to make somebody uh, care enough to stick, you know, with you for the duration that you want to hold them for. But yeah, the movies are, are a prime example is like, listen, they'll spend tens of millions, in some cases, a hundred million dollars plus on a piece of content. They still have to fight to grab attention because this world is so noisy. So, and this has been around, and I don't know the exact timing. It's probably seven or eight years I think Screen Gems was the first studio to do it. They're a subsidiary of Sony. Um, but they started creating, you know, five-second trailers before the trailer plays on social. And I've even seen it a little bit on TV. Well, they'll do it before a 30-second spot. And they're doing that as well. Is They're trying to, to, to have all this flashing or a huge celebrity or an explosion or something just to get the, um, the scroll to stop to say, hey, this piece of content, this trailer, this three and a half minute trailer is worth stopping and watching the whole thing. Where are we going in the future? Uh, can we get any smaller than micro-attention? Um, what are your thoughts on micro-attention in the future? Well, it depends on what you define as future. Are we talking five years, 50 years, 100 years? I mean, because- Probably uh, 10 years in the future? I mean, 
listen, everything is dictated by the hardware. So if you want to know where it's all going, you look at where mobile devices are going. You know, is, is the mobile device in 10 years, is it going to be in your hand or is it going to be in your head? Is it going to be in your glasses? Uh, I can't answer that. I'm not a hardware um, expert. But to me, I, I think that the, the same principles, uh, at least until it makes a huge leap into like AI chips into our head and stuff. And I'm not going to say whether there's, whether that's right or wrong or it's coming, it's happening, uh, whether you like it or not. I don't know if it's going to happen in 10 years, 20 years or 30 years, but as long as we have the current structure of delivery of content, it's always going to come down to the people that are able to really grab the attention to say, uh, this story or this message is worth paying attention to. Uh, and that comes in many ways, shapes or forms. It doesn't necessarily come in words. It can come in form of text, colors, um, action on screen, uh, facial expressions. Uh, it, it just, it, it comes in many ways, shapes or forms, but as human beings, uh, we love to engage in stories. We love to engage in things that solve our problems. And I think that the best marketers are are the ones that uh, understand how to uh, first convey to an individual that, hey, you should stop and pay attention to this because it's going to be worth your while. And that can happen on the subconscious level. It's not always happening on a conscious uh, perspective. But then secondarily, uh, crafting their message and story in such a way that connects with the way that they perceive the world for long enough to get their point across to say, you know, listen, this is uh, the right piece of content to to share, the right creator to follow, the right brand to purchase from. It's all true and scary how things are, are going for us in the future. Our attention spans have been shifted uh, to all those messages. I want to correct you to something you said before. Um, you said hundreds of million messages a day. We're actually getting bombarded with 60 billion. Uh, that's from your book, uh, Hookpoint. Um, in chapter four, you talk about mastering the art of storytelling. Talk to me about the art of storytelling. Yeah, again, there's, you know, when we talk about a hook point and we, 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 we talk about just um, any type of communication in today's world, there's, there's really three components is, is one, how do you grab that attention? Because if you don't grab that attention, it doesn't matter. You get lost in the noise. Uh, but then number two is once you have that attention, what do you do with it? Because attention with no substance doesn't mean anything. We're, we're pretty close to being the end of the clickbait days, you know, because the algorithms have shifted. They're not just looking at, are you stopping the scroll? Are you clicking? But are you actually retaining, uh, that attention? And, and when people get misled, uh, they typically bounce quickly, uh, or if they stay long enough and they they realize they've been misled, they typically don't engage with that content creator anymore. But then third is, you know, once we have that attention, how are we monetizing that attention? Because all the attention in the world doesn't mean anything until unless it leads to some type of fundamental aspect that makes this sustainable. Now, that does that mean that every piece of content is selling? No, not at all. But you need to have a fundamental strategy of how you're taking this attention and capitalizing on it for your overall business goals. And this still applies to nonprofits and charities. You know, there's a great uh, TED talk uh, by a guy named Dan, uh, I think it's Pilato or Pinlato, about why charities are broken. And it's because they're not fundamentally, uh, they're not fundamentally run like a business. So 
I, I, I can often see the writing on the wall for content creators or brands that do not have a strategy on how they're going to leverage uh, social media or just don't have a solid business strategy in place because then it doesn't become sustainable. You know, this is, this is a long-term play. This is not a, a, a sprint here. You know, you got to be on it for the long haul and be able to invest either your time, money, team, or resources into it to have any chance of success. Uh, so that's where that third core pillar of it uh, really comes into play. Fantastic. Uh, people should go ahead and check out your own social media accounts. You've done some uh, very creative work and some fantastic cook points. Uh, I really love it. Uh, also, your website's super clean and uh, it's, it's a beautiful piece of art. Um, is there anything you're currently working on that you can talk about now? I mean, we're working on several several projects. Uh, I don't know that I can really kind of speak to a lot of them because we're still kind of really flushing out and ironing the details. I, I would say that you know, if people want to kind of learn more about our methodology, if you just go to hookpoint.com, there's about a 22 minute video that breaks down exactly our methodology and process. And you can even download our deck from there uh, as well. Uh, so that's kind of, if, if you want to kind of see our philosophy and how we work with clients and just kind of uh, our viewpoint on the world, uh, you can go there. That's a huge uh, focus uh, for us right now couple last questions before we wrap up uh this is one i play with all my audience it's a, a cool little fun one if you were to host a dinner party with three people from the past dead or alive who would they be and what would you serve them well you know that's a good question i mean are they all three at the same time or are they individual dinners? it can be whoever you want uh well i would say one crazy one would be the first ever human being you know, going back to the whatever stage it was to kind of, obviously there wouldn't be a conversation there, but to actually kind of see what, what that, you know, the, the first iteration of a human being actually looked like. Uh, I would say, who else would I say? You know, Steve Jobs, I think is, you know, always, always an, uh, an interesting one. And then, you know, potentially, I would say Albert Einstein as well, you know, to get his perspective on how things have shifted in terms of his philosophies and everything. That would be a great conversation. Uh, would you cook for him at home or would you take him out? Definitely not cooking. Definitely not cooking, but probably. What would you serve him? I'm, I'm the worst person to ask about food and stuff. I'm the, I'm the least foodie person that you will ever meet. So I do not put a lot of, I do not put a lot of thought into, uh, into preparing meals and things like that. No, that's okay. Perfect. The first human being has never been said. So uh, thanks for that. And that was a boring answer, but it's the truth. And before you take off, where, where can people buy your books online and, and follow you as well? Where do you sort of hang out uh, on social media? Yeah, if you want to purchase the book, uh, it's pretty. both books are pretty much sold anywhere. Uh, if you go to book.hookpoint.com or book.1millionfollowers.com, there are certain add-ons and things that you can get and get you can get added to our list uh, as well. Uh, if you want to look at how we work with clients, uh, again, just go to hookpoint.com. You can get access to our deck, uh, a short video that explains how we work with clients and even schedule a call with uh, our team. Yeah, perfect. And what would be the last message you would like to leave my audience today? Um, I think it's, you know, again, it's, is all of this stuff, you know, is it takes work. I think most people uh, may see like 1 million followers, don't read it, 
or they dive into it and just expect everything to happen super quickly. Uh, I've been doing this for 17 years. We still work on this stuff every day. Like this is not social media is no different than any other aspect of business. It's no different than any business. It's no, it's no different than any aspect of life. You know, you get out of it what you put into it. And if you keep studying, you keep looking for answers, you keep testing things, you ultimately will find the path. Uh, but the people that think social media is anything different than anything else in life, uh, and it's just going to come super easy because you can click a button and post a piece of um, content, you know, those are typically the people that, that are never going to find success because they just don't have the right mindset going into it. Yeah, great. Brendan, I just want to say thanks for writing these books uh, and thanks for being on the Best Book Bits podcast. To my audience out there, go ahead, purchase this book, Hook Point, and also 1 million followers. Um, check out this man. Check the content out. It's fantastic. Brandon, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, pleasure to connect with you and everybody listening. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks.